I mean, I think I accidentally called it a series because I, it felt like the premise when I've actually figured out what it was felt like something that would run on USA after wrestling went off alongside silk stockings and whatever the fuck else <laughs> came on before. <laughs> I remember those. Oh my god. Yeah, wait, that. what what came on before silk stockings? <laughs> I remember that Murder She Wrote came on before Raw. And then I'd watch the wrestling and then I would change the channel, but I would always see like you know that 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 TV voice like coming up next, blah 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 and then Blah blah blah. And I was like, those shows sound. <laughs> yeah, I remember watching Showtime around like midnight, and that's when the shows would. But the that's, that's, would come that's on. That's when it's whole time. Mm. That's when uh, me and Mike discovered the Legend of Juan Crespi. I don't know what that is. That's actually not the name of it. Okay. We don't know the uh, name. That's the name Mike came up with. Well, that's more like oh, I still need to write that script. <laughs> and welcome to another episode of the Old Taki Connection. And I can't lie, I'm having a hard time with this monthly format. It just it feels like it's been so long since we since I did anything for the network. Um, trying to change that with some other projects to hopefully fill my time and should have more time due to dropping some stuff I was doing, taking a bit off my plate, so to speak. Anyway, yeah, it's just weird. I guess I got too used to doing this weekly and in a sense thought I'd still be doing it weekly, but life has a way. Life has a lot of ways. It has many feet, and they're all kicking me in the dick. There's been a lot of stuff going on, but yeah, hopefully focusing on the network itself will maybe give my brain something to do, or just just some some respite from all the feet violently thrusting upward into my penis. Yeah. Anyway, speaking of thrusts and thrust propulsion and jets that transform into robots with jets for feet, we got Macross. So please enjoy. So let me just explain. We uh, watched two things to kind of sum up what I believe are the best parts of the Macross franchise, which is. Uh, Macross, Do You Remember Love, which is a, not really a compilation film, but more a retelling of uh, the majority of events in the Macross series. And Macross Plus, I believe I sent Joe and Mike the movie version, which unfortunately is a compilation of the four-part OBA, Macross Plus. Uh, I, yeah, well, I'll get into why I say unfortunately later. Um, how do you guys want to do this? You guys want to jump around, or should we start with uh, one movie and go to the next? What do you want to do, Joe? 
Let's start with some love. <laughs> That's the answer you always give. Mm. <laughs> the beatings come later. <laughs> then, then go on to some plus action. Um, I, I'm, I mean, I'll just jump into it. Uh, I am really glad that we watched. Hey, <laughs> well, I have the, the first one running in the background right now, and I just realized that there was titties in it. Uh, somehow yeah. I missed those the first time around. There were some boobies. Yeah, there were some in the second one, too. But uh, basically, I kind of... I really liked both of these. Like, I, I dug them both. Uh, I thought the... It was really unique sort of combination of, like... It's... it's like, the, the first one's kind of, like... Top Gun in space, but less gay. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, like it, it's centered around, yeah. Even the way they use music too, it's kind of interesting. Like the whole oh, music is a big part of Macross. Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. Like the whole pop song angle, and I really liked how how that was like this interesting plot point, and it's had something to say about culture in the first one. Um, there's that, and the the love triangle was uh, I thought was really interesting and handled pretty well. Uh, mm-hmm. Space fighting was really cool, but really like the whole lore of it, I was really drawn into. Mm-hmm. It was um, something I'm glad we watched because it, it's it's one of those things where it gives me something, it gives me some ideas um, for for something that I'm trying to to work on. Uh, but it was yeah the whole thing with the like the 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 like smaller kind of emotional plot with like the, the sort of main characters and like the 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 not three way yeah love triangle mm-hmm. like that and then I think a three way might have solved that problem <laughs> I thought it was gonna go down at one point <laughs> when she walked in and she kind of like her expression kind of changed for a second and she was like walking over and I was just like, uh Oh, she's like, like, I'm going to have the both of you tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, yeah, that shit. And like the, the whole thing about like the civilizations of the future kind of being not fixed, but like this whole war stops because of something from civilizations in the, in the past. Uh, I just love kind of the grand giant nature of it where it's talking about you know societal growth and this and the really interesting like gender dynamics of oh yeah how they're literally at war <laughs> they're they're at war and they they split that's like a really fascinating concept that men and women discovered how to reproduce on their own without each other and then yeah. eventually they drift apart and become two different species who are at war with each other. That's yeah. super fascinating to me. And it, It's even crazier, like, because it's not even, how should I put this, they, the, the mention of the protoculture indicates a, like, a common ancestor between the uh, humans and the uh, Zentradi. Yeah. And it, from what I got, the implication was that the Zentradi were kind of like a warrior race created by that, uh, by that, um, I already lost the word, common ancestor. Mm-hmm. And that it's kind of started off with those people and then they made like 
proxy soldiers to do the fight for him. And it got too big. Yeah, it was a little complicated. I didn't, mm-hmm. I didn't. I don't know if I picked up on everything, but I got most of it. But it was yeah, super fascinating stuff. Um, and I really like the the second movie that we watched too. Um, my kind of one gripe, not really a gripe, but I was a little disappointed because I thought it was when it was set so far in the past. I thought it was going to be kind of the origin story of the song that played such a huge part in this one. Mm-hmm. And it kind of it wasn't. I thought that was kind of a, a missed opportunity. I thought it would have been cool uh, to tie it together, but mm-hmm. that didn't happen. But yeah, it's. I can see how you might think it's set in the past. It seems a lot more toned down. I think that has something to do with them being on an actual planet. It's actually not a little further ahead. Um, it's specifically because the, the thing you got to remember is the earth was bombarded to the point of near existence. Mm-hmm. And do you remember love? This is sometime after, and I guess some of the uh, sparseness of civilization is be- because of how much ground they're trying to cover. Wait, what do you. So, when does the second movie take place? Um, hold on. Well, it said, it said 2040 AD, so I guess I'm confused about when the first... I, th- I assume that the first one we watched took place like mm-hmm. far, far like into the future. Oh, no, no. The technology has jumped quite a bit. It's one of the things you miss by virtue of, uh, you know, the film trying to cover so much, is that uh, society in the world of Macross has advanced quite a bit because the... Well, the namesake of the series, the uh, Macross, is a um, is that giant ship that they were living in. It is a reverse engineered piece of technology from a race of people that the Zentradi were fighting. So, in finding that, uh, human tech, human advancement jumped up to a stark degree. I think in both Macross and Robotech, they find the ship in 99 is robotech related to this um robotech is an adaption and i can i can get into the differences between the two that's that's weird but uh it's the funny thing robotech is close enough to macross that you can go from robotech to macross plus without any real confusion Hmm. so i'm still I don't understand the the timeline. So, like, I mean, are these two films even related at all? Yeah, uh, Macross Plus is um, trying to figure out the exact point because I think I think Macross the series ends in the year twenty twelve. So it's it's a couple decades into the future. Mm-hmm. And so, when does the first movie take place? Before or so, after the second? It, uh, um, do you remember Love Takes Place before uh, Macross Plus? Really? Huh. Yeah. That's weird. Yeah, well, I mean, you got to remember, it's um, you're kind of surrounded by the highest level of tech in when it comes to the Macross. It's almost like a colony ship. Yeah. Um, And, you know, maybe, um, I don't know if 
if the intent was for Eden to seem like like sort of a backwoods planet. <laughs> but I think that could explain why it seems a bit further behind. It didn't seem behind. It was... I actually enjoyed a lot of... Because it did seem in the future, like, like obviously in the future, but it seemed like near-ish future, like... Like, uh... I don't know, I just... Like a foreseeable future. Yeah, well... Like, also, we're when, old guys. Yeah. Also, when they also when they said Eden, I I thought, oh, this is just like Earth. Like maybe they changed the name or something. It's only. Uh, okay. Or maybe this was like the proto culture races planet. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought. I thought it was the the proto culture, like, it, and it was just us. And I thought that this first movie took place like like millennia into the future. So that's <laughs> that changes my whole perspective on this although i I, i'm gonna steal that idea that i was confused about for something (laughs) because i like it but so that means then that in this universe like millennia millennia ago there was pop songs (laughs) like way in the past before the dinosaurs people were writing pop songs Mm -hmm. that's uh sort of weird yeah, well, I mean, you know, there's just a lot of, like, really high-up advancement uh-huh. in just, like, your pockets of of the universe. I mean, think about Star Wars a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Yeah. You could, like, you had lightsabers and ships that could do space folds and planet-destroying ships. and Yeah. Did you catch all this stuff, Joe? I am so glad you guys went over that stuff because I had a whole bunch of questions. Um, I I was really confused. Maybe I, I it's just there was a lot going on in these things. All right, I mean, let's uh, let's limit it to do you remember the love for right yeah. now? So I was, okay. So go ahead. Oh, I I wasn't confused um, by each film, but how they fit together was confusing. Was where I was confused. Okay, maybe uh, the parts I guess I was getting confused on. Well, 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 first of all, before I get into that, um, Lionel, thank you for mentioning that it was that these movies, or if you really want to call them a movie, was kind of I guess a condensed version of of the series or yeah, or something. Um, do you remember Love is more of a proper standalone film to the degree that it actually exists in universe? Yeah, as, okay. as a film other characters have seen <laughs> okay because when i was as i was watching it like even both films when i was watching the the loved one it, it just it kept feeling like this was a bunch of episodes of an anime stitched together because it just it didn't feel like a movie it just felt like it just felt like a, a condensed version of something because like there was these you could feel like, these big char- that that's the stuff yeah, because like in the beginning, it just felt like there were all these different story arcs and just character. It just it seemed like there was a lot of different pieces in there. Yeah, and I was well, just that's funny because I before, I didn't look beforehand, so I didn't know that these were oh. condensed OVAs, and I didn't really feel that way at all. Like I to me, they felt like movies. I did notice mm. maybe like a tiny bit like. The, of the pacing 
was a little bit strange to where yeah. we, we were in this like second act I was of these things I was kind of wondering like where the main conflicts were going to come from but then they right of, that was the thing. they kind of established it like quickly enough for me so especially well, well at least for me go ahead with the, with the second movie too they I think I was kind of like where is this going and then I kind of got it like oh, okay it's the rivalry and then this AI thing but I thought the AI stuff should have been um, a little more built upon in like the first and second acts uh, but the first one felt pretty it felt a little more cohesive um, it did it did it does feel a little bit like it's kind of leading you by the seat of your pants um, like you like you're not really sure where certain things are, are gonna go but um, mm. but I like like the second movie I, I kind of saw certain things I was just like oh okay like when this girl was like I'm the producer for this robot. Like, I don't sing anymore. I was just like, okay, so you're going to be singing in the third act. <laughs> uh, yeah, and shit like that. Like, the in the buddies. Or the the rivalry, too. I was like, okay, mm-hmm. that's that's got to get re- resolved. Like, obviously, she's going to choose one of you guys. Um, but, but, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I really like both of them for what they are but I am now curious to see the OVAs and like more of this right watching the the first one and the second one it just felt like to me that these movies shouldn't have been almost two hours long uh it, it felt like there's a lot of stuff that probably could have just been cut out it I mean at least to me I didn't feel like some stuff was necessary I mean the second one it was the whole uh, relationship between those friends and that rivalry and then it switches over like you know through saying the whole ai stuff it, it's just it's like to me pick one and then just go full on for that one I'd, it I just would, seemed kind of i wouldn't say kind of weird to me i wouldn't say pick one i was more like i like, like well, i was just saying it was like there was no real build-up for the ai thing until like the end of the second act right. when you kind of meet this guy who kind of comes out of nowhere and he's like oh yeah i'm building this crazy ai and i'm doing this thing and then it's like, oh, okay, that has to pay off later. But that whole thing should have been introduced earlier. And that's kind of why it feels like it comes out of nowhere at the end. It's just because we didn't right. really hear about it until the end. But I'm glad it right, was Right, but that's there. what I mean. But Yeah, but that's what I mean. At least for me, if when that rivalry ended, you know, when they were shooting at each other up in the air and stuff like that, and it was resolved, the movie could have just stopped right there, and that would have been it. That would have been enough for me. I mean, this whole AI thing... That seemed more interesting to me, and I kind of wanted to know more. But I, I just, it just, to me, it just felt like I wanted them to make the movie about either the rivalry and the friendship thing, or about this whole crazy AI taking over and all that stuff. Yeah. I, I wanted them um, to choose focus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There so, we go. Maybe it's just um, stronger focus. There's a there's a answer to this in the fact that um, Mac Russ Plus in particular is a or was originally a four uh, four part OVA. All right, that's um, and you get uh, this the one thing. Yeah, the time is uh, spread a bit more evenly between not only those elements but also the uh, well, one of the sources of the rivalry, which is the uh, sort of like flight testing of uh, two rival planes. 
like that gets blown over almost completely. But again, I'll save that for when we're focusing. But but also too uh, like also too what was in my cross plus which I thought was really cool and it started leading into the whole thing where I like Gundam Wing so much where the, where they started diving into the whole controlling the aircrafts with their mind and they were talking a little bit about that and then they were talking about the rivalry and then they were talking about the AI stuff and it's just yeah. there's like all these different things going on and they're really awesome and I just wanted them to just make this movie about that but once again this goes back to what I was originally saying it really did feel like. It was just a whole bunch of episodes, you know, <laughs> spliced together, which yeah. was kind of what you've been saying over well, and over. Yeah, um, Mac, the Macross Plus film is that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, but again, I'll save that rant for later. Yeah. I, um, it's still, like, yeah. it's weird because me and Joe are coming at this from like opposite directions. I feel like it's like the same problem, but Joe wants mm-hmm. to solve it by like cutting one thing out, and I. <laughs> I, yes. I, I no. I I think if you cut one thing out, then the film is not. It's just not as strong. Like, I think, like I said before, like, you just need more of the AI stuff to be built into the first and, and second acts. Just a little bit more. Just a couple small scenes so that you know it's there, and like you know to to kind of so it's not as surprising. Like it doesn't come as much out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. But I, I think, yeah, but that's because yeah. if you if you focus only on the AI thing and cut out the whole relationship thing, then there's no there's no pathos to the movie. See, but, then, but that's the thing. Like I'm, if you cut out uh, the AI thing, then it's just kind of this weird, cute little movie set in space that's like kind of short. Okay. I think All either right. either film, like either like hypothetical film where you cut the thing out could work because you still have the matter of the uh, ghost fighter to act as the climax when the AI thing isn't present. Whereas the AI AI hacked it. (laughs) It's just all over the place. Oh man. To me it didn't like feel as disjointed as I think it did for Joe. Mm Mm-hmm. Like yeah, it came out a, a little uh, bit out of nowhere, but I still enjoyed where it went, and they they explained it well enough for me. When I say, when I say just to remove a part, because there's so many different parts in there, I mean remove a part, but develop the other parts more. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah. I know what it, you're it, saying. Yeah. I just, okay. I just, okay. I just think that it works better if you have both elements. It's just the way mm. that both elements were fleshed out like one of them kind of got more fleshed out than the other like i think you could have both be fleshed out maybe like even add another five or ten minutes to the movie and it would be a little bit more comprehensive all right i was gonna save that i was gonna try and keep this in order and save that rant for later but but you guys just keep knocking on the door with this um that movie pissed me off And Why? that's that's off. And that, not not off, but it's it's sad because I I love the OVAs with the fiery passion of a thousand suns. It doesn't take away from my love of Macross Plus as a whole, but like I really just want to find whoever compiled the scenes to make the film. It's like grab them by the fucking scruff of the neck, punch them, and then lift them up and smack them around a few times, because. This should not have been that difficult. Watching that movie was confusing me. And this is after having 
gone through and rewatched all four parts of the OVAs. Now, the one thing I can give the movie credit to is that it does add some scenes that aren't in the OVA that flesh out characters a little bit. And in the way that a lot gets done with a little bit of time. But it wasn't worth, like, the cohesion they excised. Like, the whole test flight element to the rivalry between Gold and Asamu is almost not there. There's, like, one scene early on, and then for the most part, they're just kind of talking about it and not really doing it. They uh, shift some scenes around to create a sort of flow, but once again, that flow kind of things flow together in this way that you can actually you can probably easily miss how like almost nonsensical the events are in this film. And it also screws with the timeline a bit. A lot more time is spent on that planet on the testing between you know meetings between the. Uh, participants in the love triangle whereas like if you're watching this movie it seems like it all takes place over the course of two or three days dude i didn't get that sense to me it felt like weeks that's because the movie deceived you or like months it was how long is it supposed to take place over it's supposed to take place about the time you guessed but it, it but that's what it felt like. A, a movie compiling an OVA I just watched shouldn't make me more confused. That's that's weird. So I, I saw like a random IMDb review that was like it was pretty pretty low. I think it was like somewhere in the five to seven range, and they were kind of complaining about it. like it's they're comparing it to the OVA. So that's mm-hmm. interesting that pe- it seems like at least you and that person who have seen the OVA are like not happy with this but me as someone who hasn't like i i really enjoyed it let me just say that you'll you'll enjoy the ovas even more yeah i'm I'm sure because it's it's just more of this but um i I didn't find it like particularly confusing it's i guess it's maybe that's it maybe if you haven't watched the ovas prior to there isn't a whole lot to be confused about or as much to be confused about. Um, God, it just frazzled my brain. And part of the problem is like they excise a lot. Not only do they shift things around a lot, they actually excise quite a bit, which is a feat considering I think there's only 20 minutes of extra footage. So that would be most of one of the episodes. The episodes are about 32 to 35 35 minutes apiece. And how how many are there? But there's four. So it's about two hours. (laughs) It's a two-hour film. Okay, so you subtract 20 minutes across the four episodes. But it's like they excise damn near 60. Because... They somehow stretched the last episode into like an hour's worth of length. I, I kid you, they compressed an hour and a half into an hour, but somehow excised even more than that, and then stretched a half hour into an hour. Huh. Like you don't need to make it that complicated. The, the episodes flow together well enough. You damn near all you damn near have to do is cut out the opening and closing bits and just piece them together. I mean, really, 
you're using the same amount of time to watch the OVAs as you would the movies, so I suggest just watching the OVAs because you get you get more, you get uh, <laughs> more about the AI and more about the actual test flight element. Really, the only thing you're getting from the movie is more of the like like minor character elements that build on certain things, things that were still in the OVAs, but just kind of implied. Like they outright say it, they outright say it, but they don't, it's not beating you over the head with it. They're all good scenes, but you could have had both. Are you just mad? Cause they cut out rivalry stuff. I mean, it does bother me because the, the, the flight stuff was good. <laughs> it was really good. So I think yeah, it, it's and it sounds like Joe can feel what's missing. Yeah, like I said, when I was watching it, it just once again, it just it just felt like uh, it felt like they just tried to mush together a bunch of episodes. And I mean, this is whenever I watch stuff like because you know, anime tends to do this a lot. Where they'll release a movie that tries to condense a whole bunch yeah. of stuff from an OVA or something. And this happens oh, yeah. a lot. And usually, yeah, I mean, this is nothing new. Yeah, compilation films, this is nothing new with them usually not being that great or hard to follow. It's because they're trying to <laughs> tell so much so quickly. And it is very annoying, though. And I think that's why, because I've seen a lot of compilations and I've seen, you know, anime stuff like that. And so I think that's why I was getting that feeling when I was watching it. I was like, something, it just feels like this, there's a bunch of holes here, or there's there's, there's more to it, and uh, yeah, yeah. You were, it just, it you felt were, like too. It, it felt like too many parts were being covered. Mm-hmm. It felt like something that would have been slowly unraveled throughout episodes, which that's, that's the way it was feeling. Yeah, you were looking at it the same way I was, and being like, "I yeah. smell compilation on you," yeah. and it's a problem because, yeah. like. A lot of them, a lot of them, Joe, we've encountered this too, where a lot of them are just like not even pretending to be a real film. They're just completely unslick about it. It's just like, okay, here's everything. And, you know, if you know that's coming, that's fine. But just like all the work, all the budget, all the, I mean, you had Watanabe working on this. Like, uh, uh, it feels like a compilation film, but it's pretending or it feels like it feels like it's trying to be an actual movie, mm-hmm. but is working on the sort of like dynamics of a compilation film, and that bothers me. Yeah, yeah, yeah you hear yeah. it bothers me too because that was the feeling I was I, getting. I, just, <laughs> I like did not get that. I didn't feel like the the only thing I felt like was missing was the AI thing came out of a little a little out of left field sort of, not left field, but it just felt like it came in late. Yeah, um, it was that, like all at the last minute. Yeah, it wasn't last minute because they, I want to say like maybe like half an hour or 45 minutes before the end, I feel like they started talking about it. Or like really, I mean, they talk about AI from the beginning, like the robot, but then kind of, she's not as developed as she could be. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it just, for me, it just felt like it had like one or two pacing issues. Which for me, like in a film, is like minor. Mm-hmm. Like that's usually not like it doesn't kill it for me. Um, especially because I, I just found it 
everything else was so interesting. Um, mm-hmm. it, it was, and part of it was it was just kind of it felt like to me like more of the first film, which was they're very similar in terms of like space pop songs. Uh, uh, Love, Love triangles. Triangle. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Macross. Those are that's kind of the primary uh, beats of Macross and they utilize those elements in interesting ways. Uh, sometimes good, sometimes bad, sometimes bizarre. <laughs> I can't wait to see that. But <laughs> it's, it's the reason why it's so distinctive and sort of, it came out in an age where the, um, I want to call it the space odyssey, but I don't necessarily, I haven't seen the film. I haven't seen 2001. So I don't know if 2001 actually falls into what I'm trying to describe. It's like a journey through space. Yeah, it is. Space okay. opera. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Space opera and, is more like Star Wars, but... Well, that too. Yeah. Um, I mean, I want to say it's not even just uh, Japan. Uh, really, the world was kind of set on fire by uh, Star Wars and... As far as media goes, you were just lousy with both the space odyssey, the space opera, all that. And Japan was no different, especially in anime. You had um, Gundam and a number of other things from its creator coming out around that time. You had uh, something that came before it. uh, It's called Star Blazers in the States. I can't remember. Space Battleship Yamato. And any number of uh, pretenders, knockoffs, and okay things that were okay in their own right coming out alongside it. And Macross manages to stand out with the love triangle pop star element to the space opera, like added to the space opera. And, and when it's really good, they all flow together pretty seamlessly, which is how I felt about mm-hmm. these two. And the, uh, with the series proper. Would the anime Galaxy Express follow that category? I want to say it came out either around the same time or before. That was its create. I mean, Space was just its creator's wheelhouse. A uh, guy by the name of Leiji Matsumoto. Mm. I think everything he did was either in space or related to space. But uh, he, I, I want to say... Let me double check it before I sound like an idiot. But I want to say it was him who came up with uh, Yamato, which predates both Gundam and Rope and Macross. I kind of want to watch the OVAs now just to see. Yeah. They're super uh, good. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm interested in that too. But since. Wait, so their OVAs are those adaptions of something? No, they're original. Okay. They're not based on a manga or anything? No, um, I don't think anything Robotech had uh, had any sort of prior influence. I think it was a purely anime. So what is like first out of everything in this? Uh, it's the Macross series. Okay. Is and it- uh, yeah, then uh, Do You Remember Love comes out. And hold After. on, I think I had a timeline. So this is, Do You Remember Love is an adaptation of that series? Yep. Well, yeah, but it's also, it's a, it's a greater effort to be a standalone film yeah. as it's, you know, canon within the series. Yeah. Granted, it comes out much later in the timeline. Did they use 
shit from the series in this movie, like as far as the actual artwork and stuff? Um, they actually change a lot of the designs, but they keep a lot of the basic stuff, like the robots are the same. Uh, the uniforms were changed. But I mean, uh, it's not like a compilation like the second one. No, no. Okay. So. No, it, it it's different. It's how should you put it? it? I guess it's it's different enough that the differences between the two can be explained by the movie within a movie type deal. Um, but the funny thing about it is that uh, what can make the timeline seem a bit wonky is that a lot of elements from Do You Remember Love factor into later Macross efforts. Like, the uniforms they have in Macross Plus, uh, Dyson in particular, is the uniform from Do You Remember Love, whereas that's not the uniforms they had in the series. Hmm. So what, what is Macross's relationship with Robotech? So, uh, Robotech is an adaption of Macross. See, uh, around the time it came out, animes, I want to say, were just as likely to be adapted as they were to be localized, or may have been more likely to be localized. Uh-huh. It, it was a give-and-take relationship, especially back then. Um, if you were going to localize it, you might have a harder time really finding your audience and making your money back. Whereas if you were willing to fiddle with it a bit and adapt it and really kind of like knew, knew how to like find or develop an audience for it, you were more likely to make money from it. Making more money from it means you can bring more stuff out and maybe you have enough capital to like to localize rather than adapt. Um, it's a, Robotech and Macross are a point of controversy because the people who own Robotech has some element of the American or I don't know if it's American or just the copyright. They have certain copyrights associated with Macross that would give them a degree of ownership if Macross tried to come to the States in its original form or later series, later movies, later whatever. Uh, Macross Plus came out in spite of this. Uh, a few others, like uh, Macross 2, managed to come out in spite of this. And eventually they did release Macross proper um, in like DVD form. But it's, uh, it's a lot of cost. And Macross as a franchise is costly to licensed because all the music is copyrighted separately so if you want to bring out macross you got to pay for the right to license it in the states and then you got to pay for every piece of music in there (laughs) and uh you know macross says music factors in a great deal so you're trying to bring it out without without those tracks like try uh, imagine trying to bring this out without minmay singing it's it's not going to work so uh because they can't because a lot of fans want the pure form and can't get it and can't get it due in part to the fact that robotech the owners of robotech have uh certain copyrights it creates a lot of hostility 
on that side and their hostility creates hostility on the other side. I don't get down with that fighting. I consider one as more of the other. So in my ideal fantasy world, I would have both, mm-hmm. but you know, money and business, you can't have, you can't really have both unless like, I don't know, some company gets like stupid rich and has a hard on for Macross. It's like, I'll pay everything. I don't give a yeah, shit. Like Disney or something. Yeah. But, uh, maybe, maybe that's gotta be the plan then. Maybe yeah. we gotta get Disney, like Disney down on Fox. this. You won't sell us that thing, so we'll just buy you. <laughs> That's what they did. So, between... So, I'm curious, when you say it, it was adapted into Robotech, like, what mm-hmm. did they... Like, who adapted it, and, like, what did they make out of it? It was uh, a company called Harmony Gold. And it's not hugely different. There isn't really a whole lot edited out for that matter i think the only scene i can think of that got edited out was a scene where a lady throws a baby (laughs) (laughs) in one of the shows yeah it was in an episode of macross huh so what so they just brought it here took out the baby throwing and called it robotech and maybe well they no they changed some plot elements uh one of the things that makes the robotech unique right is is uh Robotech is broken into three parts. The what rep, what part of Robo, what part of Robotech that's uh, sort of utilizes Macross uh, footage? It's called the Macross Saga. It's the first part. The next part and the part after that, they use two completely different series that aren't related to Robotech at all. I think they were by the same animation company because they look similar. So, you know, if you're a little kid like me watching Robotech back in the day, you don't pay it any mind. You just kind of wonder why the other character, why the characters from the previous uh, season series, whatever, aren't in it. But, you know, so there's some careful explanation, careful explaining and some altering of plot lines across these different shows to make them line up. They do it surprisingly well um one of the big differences to i mean to give you an example one of the big differences is the meaning of the term protoculture mm-hmm. in macross protoculture refers to a sort of common ancestor or developer depending upon how you want to look at it between the zentradi and the humans Whereas in Robotech, protoculture is an energy source that, that was utilized by the common ancestor between humans and Centradi and basically every other alien race that appears within Robotech. An energy source? Yeah. That shoots pop songs? N- no, no, it doesn't shoot... <laughs> No, it's it's the reason why the it's, it's the reason why the advanced tech literally everyone uses is possible hmm. is through um, is through protoculture, and there's a couple of other minor elements outside of uh, name changes. They uh, Americanize the names a bit more, but in both Macross and Robotech, the idea is that this is a united world. That's fascinating. It Crazy. sounds kind of like Power Rangers. A bit. 
but um, oh, the relationship between creator and adapter is a lot less hostile. <laughs> I mean, sorry, a lot more hostile in the case of Matt Cross and Robotech. Mm-hmm. It's less hostile in the case of Power Rangers. Okay. Like, at one point, uh, folks in Japan were willing to, like, film more footage for Power Rangers. Like, they actually did film more stuff. Like... Even though they'd moved on to another series, they were like, "Okay, let's get those U Ranger suits out and let's film some more. Film some more crap for the Americans. Yeah. They're making money, and we're getting our kickback. <laughs> this is tight. Yeah. It's all very fascinating. Like, oh, oh, this 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 is the kind of stuff I was fixating on while everyone was out having, you know, friends and lives and things." Time well spent. Well, yeah, it was either stay at home and watch this stuff or go outside and get my ass kicked. So, I mean, I think I made out on the good end of that deal. Therapy with Jumper Cables coming to you every first Tuesday of the month on (laughs) Listen Radio. Be prepared. The only therapy session where the doctor is more fucked up than the patient. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, you're the patient. I'm the doctor. Oh, dear. Joe's He's both. That's how fucked up it is. God um, damn. Yeah, we just tell him he's the doctor, so he'll sit down and listen. Oh, so mm-hmm. my other question was, how come you didn't just have us watch the, the series? Because it's 36 episodes. Well, I'm more so in the or, or like start to watch it, you know, or even in the case of the second movie, like watch the OVAs. Well, uh, I didn't watch the movie till today thinking I had an I had an idea of the movie in my head. And part of the reason why I got so angry is because it's like blew it completely out of the water. Elements from the OVA were kind of like flowing together with my memories of the film because I saw them both around the same time like both ran on sci-fi during one of its stints where it was showing anime hmm. so yeah had I made it a point to watch everything early on like watch everything the day I assigned it hmm. I'd have probably had us just watch the OVA or watch the OVA and do you remember love so yeah, the answer is incompetence. Incompetence <laughs> on my part. Okay. I'm I sorry just again. <laughs> just jump right to attacking yourself. You just you <laughs> every time. Yeah. Great. So my other question was it doesn't really it seems like these are two separate stories um, in the same universe. Like how much of like that is is Macross is like each new iteration kind of a separate story or is there like <coughs> is there some kind of continuation of of these first characters or like this the characters in the other movie unfortunately no and that's the one thing even though uh, Robotech kind of has the same problem I feel like the connective tissue between shows is a lot tighter 
and the Matt Cross fans, fans are going to like roast me on a fucking spit for saying that. Um, <laughs> come at me. <laughs> spit fight roast me jumper cables. Yeah, yeah. Fight me to the death. Um, like if there's like a lot of stuff a that isn't. Oh dear! Oh, no. Watch uh, Jeremy uh, Cables uh, get spit roasted every first Tuesday of the month on our Hey Listen Radio uh, YouTube channel. Oh! No. Uh, just, just fight me to death. Never mind the spit roast. I, uh. Congratulations, Mike! You sucked all the fun out of that. Oh, something will be sucked. <laughs> I was about to say, you got something to say about that, too. <laughs> Lionel, anything you say at this point, there will be an Urban Dictionary definition for it. So just be careful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Ass, titty, schlong, bodily fluids. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. you're saying Robotech actually has more connective tissue? Um... Arguably, uh, you can kind of say no in the sense that said connective tissue is made up, but uh, I feel like they do a better job of co- creating connective elements. Um, I don't know if I want to go full in on it. Suffice to say that the the protoculture in Macross, we never really see, but we do get to see them in Robotech. They actually are antagonists for one of the series. And you see why they're in the state they're in when you meet what they were going to war with and made the Zentradi to fight in the following season. So, yeah, the Robotech Masters, who are the common ancestor, are the primary antagonists of uh, Series 2. And then the Invid, who they were fighting with and created the Zentradi 2 fight, are the villains from Season 3. There was a Robotech film made not too uh, well, not, not too long, years back uh, that was meant to be a follow up to season 3 where you meet an enemy of the Envid which was like a race of uh, sentient robots and like, like the lore feels a lot more connected whereas it feels kind of like across Macross every time they get a new series they have things jump just far enough ahead so you can say that they're sort of in the still in the same universe, but not have to deal with what somebody in a previous series did, mm-hmm. unless maybe you want to. Because I want to say it's in Macross Seven that they mention "Do you remember Love" as a film within the timeline, and the actual Macross is present in Macross Plus. I mean, there's there's elements across. But, like, what happened to, uh, gotta make sure to use the Macross names here, uh, Hikaru, Misa, and Minmei is anyone's guess outside of a, uh, a, a follow-up OVA to Do You Remember Love that's really just a collection of music videos. You mentioned something there that I, I was a little perturbed about. I, why did the Mac? Why was the Macross at the end of uh, Plus? Um, it's basically a monument at this point. Oh, okay. Yeah, because they um, they like decommissioned it at the end of the series and create 
what is ultimately the SDF two? The implication at the end of the series is that okay, we're gonna go, we're gonna go colonize now. We got to make sure our culture survives. Mm-hmm. Wait, so no, because they're on Earth at the end of Do You Remember Love, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, the thing, the reason. The thing, I, one of the things I like most about "Do You Remember Love" is that it recounts things, but it does so in a way that doesn't invalidate watching the series. Because there's a lot that it, it's very in medias res, and that there's a lot that occurred before the beginning of the movie, and there's a lot that occurs after the end. And like a lot of the stuff Joe was like looking at and feeling like he was missing information on gets explored. Yeah. So it's a different planet that they're on in this in plus. Yeah. And they're on so we don't really get this wait a minute. So they go to wait, they go to Earth at the end of plus. Yeah, yeah. I was. Right. I think I was. Confu- I said something to the contrary, and I was a little confused there. Eden is a separate planet that's been uh, colonized, but they do go to Earth because that's where the Macross is. Right. Okay, that makes sense. That's because that's where it got left. In, in Do You Remember Love? Mm-hmm. Interesting. I did a lot of rambling there. Anything else you guys want to say about uh, either film? Um, I feel like we skipped over a lot. Yeah. Any particular scenes stand out for you guys in either, I guess, you want to talk about? Yeah, um, really when... I, don't know, I really enjoyed the, the, the dynamic of... of um, I forget his name from the first movie, but him and the two ladies that were vying for his affection. like Oh, uh, Hikaru. Yeah, I didn't really see that coming. Um, mm-hmm. Especially when you know when they get trapped, and then all of a sudden it's like this love story. <laughs> um, it was really cute, and it was pretty sweet, and it was. I like how they how they spent time with that, um, mm-hmm. like building that, even though he wasn't going to end up with her. It made it just feel like more, like emotionally, real. Mm-hmm. Like, like, she wasn't just some crazy girl that he was just like, oh, get away from me. Like, you're ruining my, like, uh-oh, you caught me with this other girl. It's not what it looks like. Like, there is this whole backstory to their relationship. And then, but they did a good job of doing that, but at the same time kind of setting up that his commanding officer was kind of like, she was, like, into him, but couldn't say anything for various reasons. And then we see that relationship build and then it's like oh what happens to this other one it was just very like i really appreciated like the like the, the interpersonal relationships in this just seemed very rich mm-hmm. they had a lot to pull from in the series uh let me <laughs> let me ask you something that might expose me as an idiot um at what point did you pick up on uh, uh misa the commanding officer having potentially having feelings for uh, Hikaru. Um, it was early-ish on. It might have been something before this, but the like for sure um, when they're all at dinner and 
they're kind of looking at each other, and she like gets up and then like sits back down. I was like, oh, this is gonna go somewhere. <laughs> Wait, so are you are you picking up on that from a storytelling front or an interpersonal relationship front? Uh, well, both, because it was <laughs> the relationship thing was part of the storytelling in that moment. Oh, Mike, I'm basically trying to discern to what degree I don't understand women here. Because I thought the two of them effectively hated each other till they were like left alone on that planet, specifically in the tent. Oh no, I caught it pretty early. <laughs> well, I knew they were gonna. I, I knew there was gonna be something between them, having seen the series. But like, based just on what was going on in the movie, mm-hmm. I was feeling like, boy, they were really dragging out that point of dislike between the two of them. It really felt like they only started to feel anything for each other in the tent. Uh, now I could tell like way before that she was like down and was like <laughs> kind of uncomfortable because of her position. I think, mm-hmm. uh, Joe, did you pick up on it? Like Mike did actually that whole scene in the very beginning of that. And, I kind of wish that was all removed. Now, let me explain why. <laughs> um, let me. I. I. I, I wanted. I right when he um he had um transformed his jet thing into the you know the robot and she was falling, um and he grabbed her. I kind of wanted it to just cut right there and skip that whole they're floating in space and doing the lovey dovey crap and all that stuff and just. I just wanted all that gone. Wait, now, wait, no, the reason why. Know. Okay, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> reason why? Let me explain. <laughs> the reason why I didn't want any of that there, and like any, you know, them going super deep into the whole. Girls are icky. Booties. Uh, <laughs> 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 Trust me, that is. Girls are not icky, not at all. Trust well, me. No, no, uh, no, 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 Joe. Hold on. But they still have cooties. Okay. It's just when you get older, you want them. <laughs> Okay, the reason why I say that at all is because when I came into this, I, I hadn't seen Macross like a long, long time. Like I, I, my, my any memory of it really is of Robotech, not so much of uh, of Macross. Mm-hmm. But I came into this um, with the thinking of how all the Gundam uh, series are, where it's very all about the politics, it's very about the robots' creations, and it's all about that stuff, and the relationship mm-hmm. thing is there, but it takes a back seat usually. So, yeah. I was coming into this as if it was going to be like, you know, we're, hearing, we're, not, we're not hearing about, we're hearing about like some sort of ancient race or whatever, but I thought it was going to be more focused on, you know, here's the Federation versus this, and, you know, here's all the politics of going on to that, and the, this whole yeah. relationship stuff is just kind of, it, it comes and goes, like, really quickly, but the focus is on the robots, their creation, the advancements of the civilization, you know, the politics of, you know, this this government versus that government. I thought it was going to be that, because whenever I watch any type of robot show, um, excuse me, robot anime, that's usually what they do, and I just was not expecting pop music and singing and romance and, mm-hmm. you know, ancient, all these, I was not, this was like the exact opposite of what I was expecting from a robot anime. It's yeah. usually very, very much all about the politics and, you know, the the government, the economy and all that stuff. That's what I was expecting. So For, for that, 
for me, that was what was like pleasantly surprising. Yeah, it's also what allowed uh, Matt Cross to really stand out amongst a lot of shows like that coming out around the same time. Um, I forgot what I was going to say. Well, uh, So as I was watching that, I kept on thinking that, okay, all right, when are they going to get past this stupid love yeah. romance crap and get yeah. to the nice... The when awesome, are they going to talk about the political new drama Mac? stuff? <laughs> yeah, the new Mac, the political drama, and all. I wanted to. Like, I love that stuff. When 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 are Captain Global and the Zentradi guy going to start yelling on yelling at each other across the screen and from across space? Yeah, the, and yeah, I, I want to know when the president was. When does this turn into a dance force? Yeah, <laughs> when is the president going to get assassinated? You know, who's going to do what? Where's the prime minister? That's the stuff that I wanted. I wanted to. You know, again, and all that stuff, because that I love that stuff when it comes to robot um, animes. But yeah, this was—I was, I was um, just waiting for that to come. I didn't like it. It's just a different—it's yeah, different. just a different sort of focus. It's like, right? If if Gundam is about like the war and what drives the war, then Robotech mm-hmm. is about the people and what drives them during the war. Right. Yeah. I mean, I was starting to. I was as it progressed more. I was starting to, yeah, get that feeling, and I was like, ah, fuck. All right, well, I guess I'll just have to deal with this, and that's pretty much how I was looking at it, because it was very Uh, much opposite of what I was expecting. Yeah, you did kind of miss the question Jump Cables was asking. Uh, Oh yeah, we were specifically talking about um, Hikaru and Misa. Um, the other girl. Main, oh, that. main character oh, and his superior officer lady. Yeah, he was. Oh, asking, so to answer that. Yeah, yeah. He was asking. He was asking when did it happen? When did you pick up on? When did on you notice? The, yeah, when did well, you pick up she on? Was well, down. Well, yeah. Well, I kind. Well, I kind of answered it indirectly. I didn't care, so I didn't really notice. So I didn't really know when that happened. So I, so I did kind of answer it. So you found out on the planet. I, I guess. He whenever found out when they real, started kissing. Anyone will, honestly, when any real romance stuff started happening, I just tuned out. So it, I'm sure I'm going to save the planet. Yeah, let's go with that. At least I'm trying, Mike. Does that count for anything? <laughs> yeah. It's or just not I should, what I, I should say. Was I should say I should be completely accurate and say I'm trying to understand. <laughs> I still haven't. I still haven't made, made that step and left the house yet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. So yeah. To me, I didn't really. Yeah. Recognize it at any point. I thought you meant you were trying with Joe. <laughs> oh. No. Oh. No. 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 Joe's ahead of me in that sense. No. I don't I, need to I, try I, anything with him. No. I meant. I meant his his point of view here. Oh, oh, um, that's which, fine. It's, no. no, it's it's fine. Like it's, it's it's just another one of those cases where I wish you would be more open to these things. It's well, the, I am more open to it. I'm just telling you that when I was coming into this, it was just my expectations were different. That's all. Joe, yeah. Joe let me tell you well, what's I mean, going on. In terms of you, just like turning off when when something. Yeah, you sometimes when you come into something with the expectations, it uh, doesn't just bite you on the butt. It bites the show on the butt. I don't think it bites the show well, on the butt because we end up having like interesting discussions about why something didn't resonate with Joe. 
Yeah, right. yeah. Okay. That was probably not, too too harsh. Um, no, just that. No, I, no, I, go ahead. Um, I think had you not come into something, come into some of these things with those expectations, you'd have. I think you would have enjoyed them more. Uh, not even so much this, but more like I think the most noticeable one was Robot Carnival, where you just kind of like you. It based on what you were telling me, it sounded like you didn't just tune out. You angrily tuned out for like ninety percent of it. Well, it's yes. I will be very honest and admit that if something doesn't fall in line with what I think it's going to be, I tend to get very agitated and don't enjoy it. I mean, if I and, and I know you guys like say just you know just try and enjoy it or try and just look at it from a different point of view or something. I can't. It's if I come into something thinking one way. I can't just suddenly just turn off my brain and start th- and start just looking, okay, maybe I should start seeing it this way. I just can't do that. Yeah, I can I can I can kind of understand that if only it's, it's it's happened to me. I think I got dragged to uh Mike, what was the name of that movie with um Elysium? Yeah. Where like I didn't <laughs> want to go see it. I wanted to see something else and they're like too. And they're like, yeah, yeah, two to one vote. You got to go see it. And because I think a lot of why, I mean, I had some legitimate gripes with it, but I think I don't know how much those gripes would have stood out if I hadn't walked into that theater already irritated and disappointed. That was with Matt Damon, wasn't it? And the whole yeah. robot. Yeah. Oh, I love that movie. It was great. <laughs> awesome. I'll, I'll rewatch it at some point and maybe I'll like it a bit more. But again, some of those gripes were honest gripes. I'd say, honestly, the only anime that I like where it's like a love romance thingy in space is Please Save My Earth. But even then... Which we're going to watch at some point. Yeah, I mean, the only... But even then, when I went into it, I kind of had a, like an idea of it. Because I... I yeah, the show idea of what style. I was getting into. Right, yeah. I mean, the soldier art style, and, I, and looking at it, it was going to be... It just it gave off a feel of a romance, so... I mean, as long as I know what I'm getting into, I can, uh, you know, I'll be more accepting. But if it's completely different yeah. from what I like, no, I'm, I can't change my mind. I don't know. I'm, I'm the complete opposite. I, I purposefully try to not know what I'm getting into. I just, I, when I sit down <laughs> to watch something, it's always like, this is going to be a new experience. Hopefully a new experience. And yeah. I'm always surprised and I always... I enjoy a lot of things that a lot of people don't um, because of that. Um, I think that the last similar experience I had was to what you guys are talking about is Get Out. But that wasn't because of, like, like I, I knew, like, I knew kind of what I was getting into. But I saw that the second trailer, which shows flat out a bunch of shit that's like, oh, that's a situation. And that probably comes somewhere in the third act. So, mm-hmm. so it kind of hindered my ability to watch, to like enjoy the film because I knew eventually he was going to end up in a certain place. Um, yeah. And and he did. And the way they got there was really great. And it was a really, uh, it was incredibly well written film. Like the screenwriting is is brilliant. The whole time I was watching it, I just kept going like, wow, this is 
like that's fucked up like what's the next fucked up thing they're gonna do but at the same time in the back of my head I was just like oh there's that he's gonna end up over here somewhere so it kind of for me it's like more knowing where something is gonna go kind of will hinder my my viewing which is kind of the opposite of what Joe's saying mm-hmm I mean, what, how I how how I usually handle movies is that before I go see a movie, I will, if it's already out, I will read a lot of reviews. Then I will read a lot of just kind of uh, like synopsis. <laughs> I will read a whole bunch of stuff about it. I like to be informed about what I'm about to get into because once again, if I go into it and it's not going to follow it at least what I think it's going to be, then I just cannot enjoy the movie because the entire time I'm thinking, okay, when is it going to be what I thought is it going to be? That's all I focus on. Okay. I think I get this now. So, Joe, you're like uh, Gold from Plus, and uh, Mike's like Asamu. So Joe's very prudent, and Mike's more fly-by-the-seat-of-his-pants kind of guy. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which I guess makes me the AI playing. <laughs> you're the no, you're the uh, you're the singing lady. We gotta no, teach I, you to yeah. sing again. <laughs> when have you ever? I, I will uh, I will accept that if you can name even one time where you've heard me singing. We karaoke together. Ah oh, shit! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I just shot myself in the dick. I would mm. say maybe it's you changed singing to something else. Writing mm-hmm. a drawing or something. <laughs> but uh, no, this isn't gonna work because that would require one of you to like violently assault me and then block out the memory. <laughs> That'd be Joe. <laughs> yep. Um. But uh. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. I just and part of like my mindset in going into these things is I. The film history teacher I had was—he really stressed that a lot. Was he made us just go into things with no expectations, um, or you know, or just with completely open minds? And then afterwards, also, he he made us would write personal essays about why we connected with a film or why we didn't connect with film with. Like exactly like this relates to me or this didn't relate to me, just mm. sh- shit like that. So I don't know. I just have a, a, a different way of, of viewing these things, I suppose. I can understand where both of you are coming from. I want to say I try and uh, lean more in the direction Mike's in, but um, I kind of go the other way really hard. Specifically, when it comes to uh, advertising, the thing I hate more than anything, even if, well, let me just explain it first. The thing I hate more than anything is when something is kind of advertised as one thing and turns out to be another. Uh, An infamous example for a long time between me and Mike was that Jet Li film, uh, Hero. Because the uh, advertising made it look like, uh, like, Kung Fu DBZ mm-hmm. and that's what I went to the theater to watch instead I got Hero starring Jet Li the drama with Kung Fu in it mm-hmm. and I was mad it's a very art house film and it's not like I couldn't enjoy that sort of movie <laughs> but that's not what I like 
paid money when money was very hard to come by to go see. So I was I was profoundly upset. Even in instances where the movie turns out to be something I like, I still don't like the lie. I see, and that's 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 one of the reasons why I also am like I'll watch tons of trailers, read lots of stuff, read lots of reviews because you know I look at it from the point of view is like, all right, Jill, you only have so much time, and you're going to be spending money here, so make sure you spend the you really look into this and make sure it's worth your time. To me, don't pay people to hurt you, Joe. It always seems that's yeah. It, it seems funny to me that you you do that because you, it seems like you go to the movies like quite often. No, I do not. I barely ever go. You see, you, like, I mean, you probably go more than a lot of people. Mm, no, no. You go with yeah. I, you go with some regularity, but I I think I pick up on what Joe's basically putting down, which is like every uh, visit is a carefully chosen one. Yeah, I get it, but I I feel so. Like- sometimes it might he might be going out a lot. But that's just because, uh, you know, good movies came out in succession. I'd say, like, but that's the good or interesting. There's so much, like, especially shit that panders to, like, our fan base that that I feel like Mm -hmm. goes, like, pretty often. I've seen, I saw saw Black Panther, and then before that, the movie I saw was that um, Blonde movie. She, was it called? I can't remember. Atomic Blonde. Yeah, that was a movie I saw before that. I mean, yeah, that was, that's it's pretty much it. It's like you didn't but see it's, Justice it's, League in a theater. I, oh, I saw Justice League. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> yeah, but it, uh, what I'm saying is like it's 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 going to be a bit sporadic. Like there's going to be stretches of time where he's probably going to be like, nah, there ain't nothing out there I want to go see. And then there's going to be times where he's seeing a lot. Did you see Star Wars in a theater, Joe? Mm, the last Jedi? I saw that a few weeks. I saw that. I think I go the following week after it. I think after Atomic Blonde. Atomic Blonde came out in August. The Last Jedi came out in December. That sounds about right. Yeah. So I mean, I see all the big movies that come out. Yeah, but that's but what I mean. Outside there's of like, the... there's like a big movie every month, though. All right, so I've seen oh, yeah, Atomic but... Blonde. Star Wars, Thor Ragnarok, Black Panther. Uh, I wouldn't call once a month a lot. I would. I mean, that's, I mean that's, really? That's a regular visit. That's one movie a month. A month, that's yeah. Not, that's that's one not movie. A lot. Not a lot of movies. That's a lot. For for <laughs> me, it is like being in a place where I can go, like pay money to go see a movie once a month, like. Because that's I, usually there's okay. and when you think about the release schedule, that's that's a lot. Like there's something interesting you want to see in a theater every month, like one thing. Like mm. that's a yeah, lot. but that's that's the that's I can't. Yeah, my, my, pers- my perspective of this might be skewed. Um, is all I'll say. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it doesn't maybe that to me. That doesn't seem like a lot to me. I mean, maybe it's the, I don't know, maybe that's the pattern of an average movie goer. I I don't know, but I really don't. I only see like when the big films come out. And if that is like once a month, that's really it. Just one a month. But, um, I I don't know. uh, That's enough of our, we've, we've gone way (laughs) off topic. 
Yeah. Yeah. I would like to see more movies a, a month. I mean, if it was, if I had the time, I would probably go see a movie every week. Oh, yeah. But I, I, I just don't have the time to do that. If I had the time I, and I the love, money, I'd do that, too. Yeah. Yeah. I've been to try, try out movie pass, but... Um... Yeah, I don't have enough of either to justify... Well, I mean, I wouldn't need money if I had movie pass, but I don't have enough time to justify it either. <laughs> Yeah, no, I I want to go to the movies more. I love going to the movies. I just, yeah. But yeah, back to movies. Um, Let me think. Oh, yeah, there was one thing about Do You Remember Love that I found kind of funny. Because the relationships between uh, Hikaru and Minmei and then Hikaru and Misa and then the sort of clashing between the two, they all get a sizable amount of time in the series to kind of build and develop. But uh, the movie's way around it was to strand Hikaru with each of them, which I found kind of amusing. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, all right, let's go. Let's trap Minmei with him in the ship for three days, and then let's leave Tim and Misa on a planet for a month. Yeah, it was kind of an interesting contrast to the uh, other two characters. I feel like the other two characters could go out and get it if they wanted it. This guy, he did feel a little bit like... It's funny, because he he moved in, like, pretty swiftly with both of them, but I I didn't get the sense that he was, like, a big ladies' man, but he seemed to know what he was doing. No, the the big ladies' man, in the sense that he's, like, straight out of the 50s, is uh, Roy. His, uh... Oh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know what you, you call him. He calls him a senpai in um, Macross, so he's kind of like yeah. a superior. But uh, in Robotech, that. he refers to him as Big Brother. Hmm. That's, that's funny. Yeah, I, I kind of found that annoying that this, they were subbing it as senpai in the fan sub. Well, even in the official dub, he says senpai. And really? I guess to some degree, I mean, Hikaru is Japanese. So that might be what he calls him. I don't know. Yeah, that makes sense. I just kind of assumed he was calling him sir or something like that. But Yeah, yeah well, I think a bit more informally. Because uh, something you don't get is that uh, Rick and Roy knew each other before the events of Macross. Like, uh, his father had, like, an air circus of sorts. It's where they both learned to fly. And uh, Roy was one of the people who taught him. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, yeah, I did want to kind of shout out that there's... It was uh, refreshing and interesting to see some interracial relationships in these movies. Yeah, I think I have in my, have in yeah. my notes that Roy is down with the swirl. <laughs> yeah. That was a little strange, the way he was, like, making out with her as a demonstration. It's like, this is what you gotta do. You just take him in this booth right here. <laughs> it's yeah. like, God damn, Roy, take it easy. Yeah. The one thing, I, I guess, it, it's just you and him that really picked up on the whole tension between... Uh, the other two because he seemed to be trying to move them together from the get-go yeah yeah i did see that and then it seems like they're the childhood friend 
It was a it was a big interracial relationship, a big interracial family there. Mm-hmm. In the second one, they had little kids. Oh yeah. With the big froze. Yeah, I think yeah, that was yeah. I think that was intentional. It's like yeah, we had a black lady in the last one. Uh-huh. I mean, even more so that like the uh, primary love interest is Chinese, like Men May, yeah. and is a singer. Like that can't just be coincidence. Yeah, no, it's clearly on purpose. It seems to be their thing. Mm-hmm. Which is very like all that stuff collected together is just such a interesting package. Mm-hmm. Like I don't know, it's what made this whole thing like really enjoyable for me. Did you like these, Joe? <laughs> Outside of the things that I mentioned, yeah, they were fine. Okay, just fine. I think I, I think I liked um, the second one more, plus more than the first one. But uh, yeah, just because of they all the fine. love shit. Um, no, because of the rivalry. I enjoyed that, and I enjoyed the part with um. How they were hooked. Um, they only kind of didn't. I really wish they would have gone more into it when his, I guess, his rival was using that special helmet thing that kind of tracked all of his thoughts. The control, yeah, the space, the, the spaceship. That was really psychic cool. controls. I to, yeah, that's really. Yeah, it, it I mean, made me start thinking. It made me start thinking of Epion and Gundam Wing. That mm-hmm. same type of system was used as well. It just, I love that stuff and. What kind of threw me off with it is I was wondering like, when they're okay, they're having like this fight in the air, and you would think the guy who's able to control the ship with his mind is like way better, but he was not. So it's just like, what was the point if he was getting his uh, butt? I don't know. They, no, they get cool. they get into it yeah. in the uh, in the OVA. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things is because it's connected to its mind is that it's slave to the issues of his mind too. Yeah, well, they talked uh, about through. it in the, yeah. in the movie too when he was like, "I bet, like this thing would smash his thing." Yeah, yeah. if I create some downward force. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and he, then it happens. Yeah, and he's like, "Oh no." He was just thinking about it. <laughs> yeah. So I, I just, it kind of creates the idea out there that his. It will only move like as good as your mind is. If your mind is flawed or distracted by something, it will kind of. Or if you have some mm-hmm. deep-seated psychological trauma. Yeah. Like such him. is the case. That's true. He, he was blocking stuff. Yeah. Well, he, he didn't. I don't think he completely. I don't think he even completely realized he was blocking it. <laughs> what he was taking the medication for was to like. Uh, what they establish here, and they establish a bit better in the series, is that. Uh, this centrality being a war race isn't just a matter of not having the presence of culture outside of fighting. They also have heightened levels of aggression in comparison to humans. And mm-hmm. he was taking the medication to suppress that. The thing is, is that the trauma he was blocking out was tied to an outburst of that aggression. So the more that aggression came out, the more flashes you would get of what happened. Granted, the first co- couple of times you see it, the flashes are skewed. Mm. Well, that is true. But, yeah, but you that's, know, that's, that's the think... other thing of controlling a plane or controlling anything with your brain. Like, mm. never mind, like, repressed aggression. What if <laughs> you're trying to, like, levitate something to you and then, like, someone in the house starts screaming and now the thing you were trying to levitate comes flying at your head. Uh, 
That is true. Um, yeah. But because of those elements in that movie, those are things I liked a bit more than the first one. Mm-hmm. Well, again, you get more of it in the OVA. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about the uh, another little moment I liked. I just thought was funny. It was uh, when he's with uh, Min May at the end, and she's he's trying to get her to sing. And she's like losing it. He just fucking slaps her. <laughs> it just yeah. came out of nowhere. It was just seemed it, suddenly he was like '60s era Bond, Sean Connery. He was channeling Roy. <laughs> um, the, I actually picked up on a potential reason for that outside of just you know old world shit. I mean, she was his, hysterical, so it was. I, I understood it, but I, well, when I see shit, it's like not, that, it makes me laugh. It's it's not even just that. What she specifically said right before he hit her, which was, "I, I wish everyone was like, like everyone can be dead. I, I just wish it was a world where it was just us." Oh, um, yeah. He just came out of a situation where it was exactly that. Yeah. Hmm. He was, you know, on an Earth where literally everyone was dead, but him and Misa, even when they got together, they were still fucking miserable. You know, the other thing I they didn't really follow up on was the, when I kind of, I got a sense, another sense that things were weird in the relationship space was when they were, first of all, those experiments and, like, the aliens and, like, them forcing them to kiss and shit, that, that shit was all Do hilarious. a kiss. <laughs> yeah, that, that was great. And I just love the whole plot of the first one. It's just, it's so, it's so unique. It's so weird. But uh, when the when like other guy like the kid in the suit kisses, Min-Man? oh yeah, her basically her manager. Oh okay. I, yeah, I thought that was a little strange given the the history of. of um, he's kind of filling the space of another character mm-hmm. that's in the series. But they don't really have time to like build up on him, so he's just kind of like nebulous manager with like who's close enough to Minmay that he can kiss her without her freaking out, but like isn't really affected by her having a relationship with Hikaru outside of what it's going to do to her ratings. Yeah, um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed the the dynamic of the the big green monster man. The idea of, like, this is what somebody without culture looks like. <laughs> and, this is, <laughs> and this is how they get weirded out. Like, it's how weirded out they get by stuff. Like, yeah. a hug. What the fuck is a hug? Ugh! Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is that? <laughs> I, I liked when they were doing that kissing, especially the kissing part. One one of the giants, like, their brain was pulsating or something. And it just <laughs> yeah. was, like, it's getting off on it or... This yeah. is like, no, like, Joe whoa. was having an aneurysm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that, oh, it's like blank. Derping. <laughs> they were so freaked out by that. Yeah. I thought, and when he picked up one of them, I thought he was going to pick up another one. And like, <laughs> You're like, figures. Yes. But like, even, even apart from, from that, I just thought the. As a race, they were interesting because they had mm-hmm. culture like deprogrammed from them, like on purpose. 
purpose, and they were kind of this rediscovering it. And uh, I feel like the a part that was unresolved is kind of the uh, like the female race. I feel like we didn't get to see enough of them, and they didn't. Yeah. There was no like resolution with them. Like they kind of turned into the enemy, and they kind of just like beat them off. Um, there's a um, there's a reason for that. They uh, that element is something that got uh, changed for the movie. I guess to simplify things. So uh, early, so um, in the series, the Zentradi mention a rival group of Zentradi they're at war with called the Supervision Army. Um, in Macross, the Macross itself was a like high-end weapon of the Supervision Army that like crash-landed to Earth. Uh, I think all the inhabitants were dead. It was the thing that they reverse-engineered to get that kind of tech. Um, because they don't really want to explain what the Supervision Army is, and I think to this day they haven't really explained what they are in Macross, they, made, they used that they filled that role with the uh, the Meltrandi, the females of the Zentradi. In the series, they all work together, but they're all separated. Like, the women fly on different ships and, you know, have their own leaders and all that stuff. So, they're all Zentradi. They can all work together on the battlefield, but they don't interact outside of that for fear oh. of the whole culture element. Wait, so they're not against each other. No, they're not against each other in the series, but they're they're very hostile to each other. Hmm. Because so, they're they're, they're guess... kind of they it's a rivalry basically. Yeah. Hmm. That's interesting. Hmm. I, I I did think that yeah that that kind of makes sense because it did feel like they did like they set it up very interestingly like the whole dynamic between the two races. I... Damn it. Um. That, yeah, the whole dynamic was... I thought it was super fascinating, and I was kind of waiting for the moment when the pop song would like bring both cultures together, and that mm-hmm. didn't happen. Um, yeah, so it just came, seemed a little bit strange, but now that you say that, that, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. I'd say that, and um, one thing I do like about this a bit more than the original series is that the... Zentradi look a lot more alien here. Yeah. They, they look a lot more, I mean, they're still giant, but they look a lot more human in the series. And yeah. they don't, they, how should I put this? I think technically they have their own language, but it's being automatically translated in the series. Whereas they actually, when they did this movie, developed, uh, enough of like a fictional language for them to speak yeah i was about to say yeah i I like that that's a swear for them (laughs) and uh there was another there was a couple a couple of words i picked up on like yak is like it's it's just just like a confused exclamation but i kind of like put together that yak to culture is like saying what the fuck (laughs) Yeah, that was pretty funny. I, I thought the, I did. That was one of the things I did find find strange. Like I like the way they look, but it, it, to me it felt weird that when I saw like the the women race that they just look like giant women. I thought mm-hmm. that was a little strange. I was like, oh, why don't they look like them? 
I don't know, Zentradi roids or something. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that was the one thing that did kind of stand out is that there was a lot more of a, I mean, it is kind of interesting in the sense that maybe that's just how their technology diverged. But uh, there was a lot more weirdly techno-organic elements to the males. Like you had the weird robot eye on the on one of the Zentradi uh, guys. The guy, the dude, has the pulsating brain, and then uh, their leader, who's like both of them had leaders that were directly linked to the ships. But uh, uh, it was like weird tendrils and shit coming out of the dude, and he was like a giant head in a jar. Whereas the lady felt kind of like a giant robot within the giant robot. It may have been like an actual lady in a giant robot suit. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it stands out in a way that you could maybe say, okay, the technology's diverged, but the reality is, is they just didn't either have time or money to develop both in that same way. Uh, I guess anything else you guys want to say about either before we get to recommendations? I, I don't know. I, I liked both of these. It was cool, very interesting, different. It was nice to go back to something old and feel refreshed after having watched it. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, like just the animation itself was all really gorgeous and great. Oh God, shit's so pretty. Yeah, and it sounded really good too. Mm-hmm. Dog fighting, it just it was. I would love to to own or. Blu-rays of these. See them in like four. Oh, if only. Sadly, the same sort of like copyright issues that make Macross stuff hard to come out here is what keeps us from really getting like a well, one an official release of uh, Do You Remember Love in the States? Let alone, I think you can maybe find some Blu-ray rips online, mm. but that's kind of all you're gonna get. Yeah. Actually, even Blu-ray versions of uh, Macross Plus, you're going to have to import. Uh, there was an international release of, well, uh, a re-release of the international versions of both the Macross Plus series and film. And while you're you're basically going to be buying a foreign version of it, it does have like the English as well as a bunch of other voice tracks on it, so you can still watch it. I, I really enjoyed this, and I kind of feel a little bummed because I feel like we won't come back to it, at least not for a while. Uh, the, uh, I do want to come back. I do want to come back to some other Macross stuff that I don't feel is as good, but still has some merit. Mm-hmm. Namely, I want to like because I've been trying to pinpoint when Macross got weird and if it stayed weird because I haven't. <laughs> I haven't seen anything past. Uh, I don't think I've seen anything that was made after the '90s in regards to Macross. So, you know, like Frontier followed, and people, you know, jump up and down about Frontier being amazing. And I don't know about Delta, <laughs> but uh, yeah, we'll come back. Cool. Um, I'm glad because I'm. Like, I'm interested in all this now, like, the, the OVAs and, like, the series of this and, and whatever else, and even Robotech sounds interesting. Mm-hmm. I'd, I'd recommend, well, I'll save that for later. Uh, suffice to say, uh, I was 
kind of torn between either having us come back with this or come back with Gundam. Because I actually watched all of the original series of Gundam in preparation to do that. But I, I decided I wanted to let my bias show and have you guys watch the Space Odyssey thing that I really got started on. Or some variant of it. Because I think my first mech series was... Or actually, my first anime series was Robotech. You know, it was also my first mech series, too. So, it holds nice. a... It, it and all things related hold a special place in my heart. Uh, one thing I want to say before we get to recommendations. Found it in my notes. Do you guys know when uh, peace was established between Zentradi and humanity, according to this movie? Which movie? 2018. Uh, do you remember Love? Uh, are you sure? Is that this? Well, I know in in the second one they said it's like the anniversary of it's the 30 year anniversary of the armistice, so that would make it 2010. I'm talking about the date in which papers were signed. Oh, they mentioned a date. Yes. Hmm. September 11th. Oh, yeah. I did, oh. I did catch that. Are you sure it wasn't the 10th? <laughs> it was 11th. Okay. Yeah, I, I remember looking at that, and I was like, okay, well, yeah. <laughs> I, was trying, I was trying really hard to make my brain not jump to conclusions looking at that. <laughs> like... It's a conspiracy, Illuminati. <laughs> oh, shit. Our friend Robert Kaiser was born on that day. He's part of it. He's part of the Illuminati. <laughs> he came here with the ancient aliens and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, uh, recommendations. Um, I mentioned a couple. Like, if you've seen anything Macross related, if you watched this, either in preparation for the show or just the stuff in general, I would recommend both watching the Macross series proper and Robotech. I think if you enjoy one, you'll enjoy the other. And there's enough difference between Macross and Robotech that one doesn't really invalidate the other. Mm. Uh, yeah, don't let fanboys on either side deter you. If they're telling you you can only watch one or the other, or that one is bad and the other isn't, they can eat a dick. Yeah. Come at me. Fight me. Or Challenge China. me to Mortal Kombat. Yeah, they can eat whatever they don't like. So, <laughs> if you're if, if you like vaginas, then eat a dick. If you like dick, then eat vaginas. If you like both, then eat a hairy asshole. And if you like that, then eat shit. And if you like that, <laughs> just die. Because you're screwing with my whole game here. You're messing up his mojo. Yeah, you're fucking up the rotation. Dear fanboys, eat shit and die. Signed, jumper cables. <laughs> P.S. Fuck off. <laughs> um, are we doing recommendations? Yep. Um, so I guess um, <laughs> if you like the bike that that dude was riding in Plus, you might like, <laughs> yeah. you might like the sounds that it made too. You might like a little movie called Akira. That's got a nice rivalry in it. It does. Uh, well-developed, very human rivalry at that. Yeah. Um, 
uh, I want to say this sort of the steez of this, like the, the weird love triangles and like pop songs and like giant robots kind of gave me a, a slight Metal Gear feeling. It, maybe this is like a more controlled version. <laughs> Metal Gear is too much for you. I feel kind of like AIs. Yeah. AI pods. Um, I want to say it's kind of like if Kojima actually understood human emotion. <laughs> <laughs> I think he does. <laughs> he just um, what he doesn't understand is practicality. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what I like about him, though. <laughs> well, that's he what in, I like. He invents his own practicality. How should I put this? Nano machines. That's, that's what I like about. Well, maybe I should say it's what I like about certain things, primarily tech weaponry and certain character motivations. Mm-hmm. I like that people can be that brand of crazy. I feel like I could fit into that world. Yeah. <laughs> you need a gimmick, Jumper Cables, and a power. I, I, if you only knew how much time I spent thinking about what my gimmick and or power would be, <laughs> you'd be disgusted with me. I, I, I think we've had enough conversations about that sort of thing. I don't know how many different kind of superhero or fucking villain names we've tried to come up with each other. Yeah, I think the funniest one, though, is when I came up with one and you figured out how to beat it immediately. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember. It was like a high defense dude. Well, it was basically me, except I had like a like in a, a series of like defense level shit. And then you were like, oh, yeah, just use the revival pill. And I was like, fuck, he's playing on my sympathy. Shit. <laughs> I would fall for that, too. <laughs> I don't remember. No, it wasn't the it was the fake death pill. Oh. Well, I guess it's the revival pill, too. Huh. But. I, <laughs> what was I saying? <laughs> oh, yeah. So Metal Gear is a thing. Um, and if you like flying robots in space, maybe Zone of the Enders mm. is your jam. Um, yeah, this was pretty, uh, I don't know if I'd call it 100% cyberpunk, but I'd certainly say it's above 75% cyberpunk. It's got the elements, I want to say, especially in uh, Plus, with the uh, AI kind of running rampant and some of yeah, the... Uh, yeah. Some of the more deplorable things, like using a pop idol for mass hypnosis. <laughs> yeah, interfacing with uh, weaponry with your brain. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, it's pretty fucking cyberpunk. I love shit like that. Um, mm-hmm. So, there's that. What else was the pop songs? Um, maybe you want to check out Carly Rae Jepsen. Uh, she's a good pop singer. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um love triangles uh what's the best love triangle movie jump i was gonna see i was gonna ask you that like (laughs) i know there's some like classic that we're not thinking of Um, because see the problem is is when i think love triangles this is the first thing i think of or like when it's like teams for me the first thing i think of is okay are you are you team misa or team menmay what's going (laughs) on you're like the older woman or the younger what's happening Uh, um, I like both of them. They were both cool. I, I yeah. wanted that three-way scene to happen. I was about to say. I think I'm, I didn't even think of that as an option until you mentioned it. But now it's all I want. It's like the 
Meaning of mall rats. <laughs> <laughs> Not mall rats, chasing Amy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, watch Chasing Amy. There's a that's not really a, a love triangle. Um, what the fuck? Uh, I can't think. Uh, I, I always thought that there would be one in Revenge of the Sith, but there wasn't. Um, That's what one or at least one party thought was happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll know. have to edit that out. Why? Isn't that a spoiler? No, he didn't think no. that. Also, who hasn't seen Revenge of the Sith? <laughs> uh, yeah, I think anyone who hasn't seen it hasn't yeah. seen it because they don't want to. Yeah. Uh, I always thought they they almost get into it with um, in Lord of the Rings. The Aowen character kind of has a little thing for Aragorn, but they don't. They she, he squashes it pretty fast, so that doesn't count. Mm-hmm. I'm like trying to think hard of. I'm just gonna have to. See, I feel like there's a bunch of stuff I should be thinking of immediately, and my brain is just like, no. It's just not something that sticks out as, like, a trope. See, I think I saw too many, like, instances of it being a bit in a sitcom that it's kind of diluted my memory. Oh, I I looked it up, and here's a good one. Uh, There's something about Mary. If you like Mac Ross... Ah, don't compare the two. Check out, there's something about Mary. Uh, That's Mike's recommendation. I can't endorse it. Do you not like that movie? I don't. That movie's hilarious. I mean, I haven't seen it in years, so maybe (laughs) I'll try again. But, like, a lot of what I didn't like about it back then I think will still hold. (laughs) It's pretty good. but That movie just felt mean-spirited. It is, and that's why it's funny. At least to me. I have a hard time with that. Here's here's a better one that you might appreciate more that I just remembered. Well, because I googled it and it's right there. The Wedding Singer. I actually haven't seen what? that. It's on the list. I think it was on my Netflix list and then it disappeared from Netflix. It's a pretty good movie. And I was sad. It's a classic. Um, but, uh, <laughs> and then I... I uh, 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 the other, I guess that's enough recommendations out of me. I think I'm reaching. Um, Joe, you got anything? Uh, yeah, I got a few. Got a few. Got a few. Got a few. Um, uh, if you want some medieval robot action, there's the anime that Lionel, you and I were watching a little bit of. Actually, a few episodes back. Uh, Knights and Magic. Yeah, I still need yeah. to watch the rest of it. Cause I know yeah, you so it, but yeah, Joe, you remember the bit that we were kind of getting into by the time we left off on the show, where it was all about like robot R and D and testing. Yeah, uh, they were eventually building up to kind of have the sort of uh, trials that were hinted at in the movie. But mm-hmm. are more developed in the OVA series. I actually recommended Macross Plus in that regard when we did Knights and Magic. Uh, so, like, if you wanted more of that from this movie, or if you watched the OVA and enjoyed that part of it, that element features prominently in Knights and Magic. Perfect. Um, and another one is Escaflone. That's always a nice classic. Uh, That's got robot. a transforming robot. 
but it's because yeah. it's like it's like a dragon skeleton, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, um, that shit's actually wants- pretty. Sorry, I just gotta say that shit's actually really metal. You're like controlling the in, like you're controlling the skeleton of a dragon and powering it with your blood. Oh yeah, I forgot about that part. It is powered by your blood, isn't it? <laughs> That's, yeah, that I, yeah that anime is pretty nuts. Would you um, believe that came from a shoujo manga? That wouldn't be that hard to believe. Manga gets pretty out there. I'd like to um, read, I'd like to meet the uh, creator of that manga. She seems kind of raw. Probably wears a lot of eyeliner. Um, uh, another one is if you want some like really dark, dark, messed up, abusive <laughs> drama. Oh, there's always Evangelion. How do you pronounce that? Evangelion. Evangelion. Yeah, however you want to pronounce it. Yeah, there's always that. Um, there's a whole bunch of new movies too. I have not watched those yet, but it's like a, those... apparently they're a bit more light or darker. I've I don't. S- both. I've seen. Well, I'm waiting on the fourth one. I've seen the first three. Uh, the second one is my favorite so far. Cool. But I, I think they're all um, good. Then, of course, if you want something light and happy with robots, there's always Metabots. Can't go wrong with Metabots. That one's lovely. And uh, what else do I have here? Oh, and for the love of God, if you haven't already watched it on Netflix, watch the new Voltron. It is freaking amazing. It's really, 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 really good. The only problem is that each season is insanely short. I mean, they're they're actually getting shorter and shorter, but they release them pretty often. Um, mm-hmm. It's more like a it's more like how the British do their TV shows. They're not like a season, more of a series, where that like it's, it's like, like a, series one. They just two. do they just do mini series. Really mm-hmm. Some people yeah, well, complaining about like the Marvels shit being stretched out to thirteen. Yeah, a bunch of those did not need to be that long. (laughs) Uh, Defenders. Jessica Jones, like the most recent season. No spoilers. Good Christ. No, that's all I'm saying is like (laughs) they could have condensed that. It's not saying much because you could have said it about the past like four series. It's it's Mm -hmm. at its worst Mm. in that one. Mm. Um, but yeah, once again, give the new Voltron series a look. I mean, it's it's so good. It's really, really good. Um, uh, then I guess the last thing is just it's a Gundam. There's a lot of different Gundam series, like a lot of different Gundam series. But the most recent one that I've watched is Gundam Wing Thunderbolt. And that one, I mean, it's like political drama in its purest form. And that yeah. I was eating that stuff up with a spoon, man. Just gobbling it down. It was so good. It's like in really dark, and it's really like a military type. It's, I mean, it, uh, yeah, it's really, really, really good. I mean, what I like about it is that the characters in the show, I mean, it's a little bit drama between the characters, but it's more so about each side kind of going at each other. Mm-hmm. But it's it's more about like the soldiers and how they're fighting and why they're fighting. And just why they're doing all the stuff they're doing, and just you know, it's just it's really good. I mean, it's yeah, I, I've yeah. been really, I'm really enjoying it a lot. Gundam's a bit different. I mean, you still get a lot of character stuff, but it's very much more about the war, and mm-hmm. the characters are a bit more about the war. Exactly. 
Um, and I'll, and then the final the final one I want to mention is that I'm actually, I actually love. I mean, Gundam Wing's good, and all the other ones like uh, Eighth, the Eighth MS team, and that one's good too. But my other favorite Gundam series is probably the one from the 1970s. I think they remade it. It's just called Mobile Suit Gundam. Yeah, the original. It's just, yeah, yeah, it's really good. I mean, it's uh, I always love the 70s anime look. So it's got that going for it. And just um, it's once again focused very much on the whole the political drama of everything. But it's just it's so well done. The writing's great. The characters are great. I mean, it's just it all comes together really well. So mm. I, uh, I always love watching that anime. Um, yeah, I think those are all that I got. Yeah, um, I'm not going to have a whole lot new to add here. Um, I was going to mention Gundam. Uh, as well, specifically the first one. Just in regards to that whole journey through space type thing, there's also uh, other things made by uh, Gundam's creator, Tamino. Um, if you want that sort of story that's like willing to go to some really, really dark places, uh, watch something called Space Runaway Edeon. Just don't look up anything because it's one of the most spoiled animes in existence. Find some means of watching it and just kind of like isolate yourself till it's done. Um, mm. If you have time, I'd recommend watching the series in its entirety. Uh, there are two compilation films that more or less cover everything, but you lose a bit in sort of like nuance and emotion if you watch it that way. Um, I think one of the uh, granddaddies to stuff like this was something I men also mentioned earlier uh, something I've been meaning to watch uh, what was it Space Battleship Yamato it came out in the States I think it was adapted as Star Blazers so if you prefer to watch it in English look that up uh think i mean obviously i think i mentioned robotech enough times it's worth to check that out too uh other macross related things uh macross 2 is meant to be a sequel to do you remember love but it also takes place far enough ahead that um you don't really interact with previous characters though there is some interesting connective tissue between the two um, I have a love-hate relationship with Macross 2 that I feel like I should maybe save till we talk about it. But um, I really like smaller elements of that anime, but that anime also put me to sleep. Which anime? Macross 2. Hmm. What is it? It's, so it's 2, is it a sequel? It's, it's supposed to be a sequel, a direct sequel to Do You Remember Love? Though it was, it also has that weird element that Macross Plus has, where it's in, it exists both as a OVA and a film. Hmm. Does it actually follow those characters? No, it doesn't. No. That's again, that's that's the consistent problem I have with Macross across the board and Robotech to a lesser extent. Till that film came out. Um. But uh, I was trying to think. I feel like there's... Um, you know what? This might be a weird one. 
since it doesn't have the same emphasis on the war. But try watching Star Trek. And I say that because um, it's it's far more human than a lot of sci-fi. And it's very much about people, very much about interacting and diplomacy. It's kind of like what you imagine these worlds look like when wars aren't going on. And you get a bit more insight as to like why people like what drives the well, I guess what I said before, what drives the people in the war versus what drives the people during a war. Um I can't really think of anything else. Um oh, here's one. Play Tech Romancer. Yeah. Uh, that's just a fun, like, arcadey mech fighting game. And there is a mech in there that represents Macross. Uh, the you play as totally not Roy Foker, except he is basically Roy. <laughs> All you need is a Dreamcast. <laughs> you can play it. Yeah. Or emulation. I won't tell if you don't. Uh, there were a couple of Robotech games released for the GameCube that are pretty good. Oh, I can't did, remember. I did want to say that I back uh, the Star Trek recommendation. It's, I was hella thinking that a bunch of times while watching this and then just didn't mm-hmm. see it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I guess it's because they're both very much about human interaction in a high sci fi setting. Yeah, for me it was specifically the green dudes. They were kind of... <laughs> you kind of so many weird aliens with all these weird different tropes. They like did every kind of like... Oh, yeah. They have this personality trait, but not this one. Or they have all these traits, but not these traits. Or they look this weird. Or That's, that's the thing I love about both, but especially the OG Star Trek, is they are pushing that goddamn budget to the fucking limit. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. They will use anything and everything within eye shot. Like I'm pretty sure there's been a couple of times where the plot, the plot, the props were like shit people found outside and repainted. Yeah, pretty much. It's like we got to come up with another planet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess that's all I got to recommend. Anything, uh, you guys, uh, anything you guys want to say to the audience? Before um, I go back to my, uh, I don't know, I had, I was trying to work uh, some kind of joke in where I got to say yak to culture, but just gotta go yak his culture. <laughs> no, actually, I kind of want a grilled cheese sandwich right now. I don't know why. <laughs> there you go. Hey. That's a culture. That's a cultural element right there. Yeah. I'm pretty sure mm. there's like some scene in the series where Zentradi eat something that isn't like military rations, and they're like, "Oh shit, this is amazing." <laughs> Joe, how's your uh, your facial hair looking? Ugh, bad. I gotta cut it. It's gross. What are you gonna do to it? I just saw it the other day. It looked fine. Shape off. It's getting itchy. I don't like Uh-oh. It. That's the problem is, is you either got to shave it all the time or not shave it at all. Yeah, it's getting itchy. Tra- transitioning between either one is peak itchiness. Mm. 
Yes, very much so. I hate this. It's really annoying. I I just leave it all, but like my my facial hair is patchy, so I yeah. have to I have to shave parts. <laughs> I don't mm. have that full on like woolly man forest you can grow on your face, Joe. If I if I let it grow out more, like like get some beard action going, then it does it becomes less itchy. But I'm just I just don't want. But it. you got to adjust it. first. Yeah. Do you uh, what do you do downstairs, Joe? Do you- <laughs> he needs some <laughs> manscaping tips. Nah, there's no manscaping, bro. It's just, just let it flow. Free. Yeah. Cage when he got out of prison. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Yes. A little metal helmet on the top of his head. Uh, do you, oh God! You guys, when, you guys think that his invulnerability extends to to the hairs? Um, it mm. does like Superman. Because, like, so if you try uh-huh. to punch him with the upper lip, is the mustache gonna break your hand? Probably. And, and more importantly, if you try to kick him in the dick, does he have natural defense? <laughs> Pretty yeah, sure. I, feel like I saw something recently that was talking about like either like some kind of augmentation or like superpower, and it was like, oh, does this person do they have a dick too? Oh, now I remember what it was. It was Shape of Water. She's <laughs> <laughs> mm. screwing. I can't remember. Heard multiple somethings. I don't even remember what exactly. Just like. A lot of people facetiously and sometimes not facetiously just screaming. Yeah. <laughs> She's screwing a fish man. Mm. I mean, it's a really sweet movie, but at the end of the day, that is what it comes down to. Yeah, I mm. think uh, the um, most sensical approach I've heard to it is because um, I haven't seen it yet. I heard someone talking about it. And they were saying, really, the only beef I have with it isn't that people aren't. It's it's people are too cool with it, like it's suspicious how cool they are with it. Like it'd be one thing if there was like a brief instance of, huh? Oh well, okay, and then they're and then they're eventually on board. Um, I think people were kind of. I feel like there were characters that were. I feel like most characters were like that. <laughs> uh, okay. Uh, I, a lot of it is is centered around people wanting to kill the thing which isn't really a spoiler. But also, I will say, in the context of the film, um, it, it does make... It's, it's, it isn't as weird. I don't know if you guys have... Or Joe, have you seen it? No, but it does look interesting. It's good. All this fish screwing now. Yeah. <laughs> kind of... But it seems more like a, like a romance between her and him. Yeah, it's, it's handled pretty well. Hmm. Nice. Whenever I think of something like that, I always think about that movie. I think it was called Splice. When the guy does that weird creature they made. That was gross. Um, is that connected in any way to fucking species? <laughs> no, but I remember that. See, yeah. I didn't I didn't know that, that show that show that, that movie was all about wanting to screw. I thought it was like a monster flick. I thought there was like a fucking creature feature. It's like, no. Well, it was. It was both of those things. <laughs> it's a, it's an erotic thriller. 
Well, I I mean, all she wanted to do was mate, but then when she finally was able to, she turned into this hideous creature thing, and it was was pretty much at that point a monster movie, and they had to shoot her and all that stuff, so it, it was both. But really, it was just about a really, really horny monster. That's pretty much, that pretty much sums up that movie. The opening and closing theme is Synthetic Highway. Please check out its creator, Submorphine, at soundcloud.com slash submorphine. This should be hyphen O-R-P-H-I-E. The preview theme slash promo theme is Anime Rocker. Please check out its creator at facebook.com slash squarion, S-Q-U-A-R-I-O-N. Also check out Squarion's Flash Project, Project Stick, at facebook.com slash project stick. For old episodes and new episodes as they come out, please subscribe to us on soundcloud.com slash radio. You can also subscribe to us on Facebook facebook.com slash radio on twitter at radio or through android itunes or google play if you want to talk to the host individually i'm on twitter at oldtopyconnect joe is on twitter at magp returns and mike is on twitter at hypernights explore it in interesting ways in Ashtano Joe and I think they're gonna do that here. I wanna say I saw a tiny bit of it with Yuri. Anytime like Joe realizes Yuri is about to like take it seriously is when you see him get that look of wide eyed crazy. <laughs>